Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome into Poke the Bear, episode 78. Connor, 78. Guess who was number 78? I don't know, Evan. Nobody. Nobody was ever number 78. I feel like if I was a player coming in and I was like a rookie and, you know, you kind of, you know how rookies get the bad numbers. I would totally want a number that no one had ever no one's had. had before. Just yeah. to have it, you know, like, was it Hockey Reference that has like the list of everyone's yep. different jerseys? Just to have that so you can check it off the list. You want to yeah. be lost, even if you're a dude who's up for like, three full games in the NHL, just to get your name at the top of the list. Just pick a number like, if, like that. Like if I'm Jeremy Swayman and I'm coming up for just, just a little while, we'll get to in a bit. I'm not picking one. I'm picking like, you know, 78 or yeah. any of the other numbers that haven't been picked. But uh, at any rate, we'll get into that later. But I'm Evan Marinovsky. That is Connor Ryan. Connor, what is up? Evan, doing well. How you doing? Doing great. Doing fantastic. We are in the middle of a back-to-back for us. You know, people talk about back-to-back for players. How about back-to-back for the reporters and the people who cover the team and 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 the and the media people? Oh, woe is us, right, Evan? Oh, such a, man, such it, a grind to watch hockey all day. Oh, it's tough. I had to roll out the legs today. It was just, it was a lot. It was a lot. By the way, no Kodak last night. Kodak Black was not at the Bruins, uh, so we know. I, they're maybe, they're you know, saving him to be a fan banner captain. I don't, I, I don't know if the cat's out of the bag there. If they were holding that ooh. for a surprise, but. If you see him there in the playoffs, you heard it here first. We're gonna be getting a we're gonna be getting an email from the team being like, "Why'd you let that out so so soon?" <laughs> we're, we're sitting on that one. We were gonna announce it later. Maybe we maybe Kodak was there, but he got more secretive with his location. Because that'd be you know, a pretty, his, a pretty smart move, actually. You you would think he'd be a little bit more discreet uh, going yes. forward, but who knows? I mean, hey, good publicity for the NHL. The <laughs> NHL had probably their like most engaged day on social media probably in years. So, yes. Oh, hundred percent. And with the Panthers, black. and the Panthers, yeah. it's a you know a small market team. Why the hell not? You know, like good publicity for them. The best good part was them. the NHL. The NHL tweeted uh, like, "Oh, welcome, happy to have your Kodak." <laughs> they deleted it. <laughs> like, leave it up. Come on, leave it up. You just, know, let's, just let's... a wonderful day. Just a wonderful day for the league. Let the replies flow. So speaking of replies that are going to be quite toxic, uh, we are recording this again Thursday afternoon. So Tukarask, by the time you are listening, Tukarask has already played. Uh, we'll talk expectations more uh, big picture. So it's not like, you know, we're talking up, we're going to guess how he does last night. <laughs> but uh, it, Rask starts his first game since June of 2021 against the Flyers. 
Now, uh, I've said this all along, and I know you've said this as well. A lot of people have said this. It's going to be a cesspool when he lets in that first goal, because it will be. Uh, but the expectations for Rask, for this game, so people can measure up our expectations against how we actually did. And what are your expectations for him going forward past just Wednesday, uh, Thursday night? Yeah, I think, one, it's good to, to note that, yeah, we're recording this before uh, Tugras plays. But regardless of how he plays against the Flyers, you know, he can either have a shutout or he can let up four goals and people will be pissed. I'm not putting a lot of, uh, you know, focus on this one game because I have to imagine there's going to be some rust there. The Bruins would have liked for him to play a game in Providence or two. Didn't happen. So it's good to have the measured take ahead of time before even this game starts so that, there could be some rust there. I know that's not going to make a difference to Bruins fans if he lets up two, three goals to the Flyers, but just to have that out there in case people are mad that regardless of what happens tonight, we don't have the pod. Take it easy. It's going to be one game. That being said, going forward, um, you know, it, it all depends on what kind of player you're getting in Rask. I mean, you listen to him. He seems to be uh, f- being very positive that he's not dealing with any pain or any issues, and he feels like he's 100%, which is great because – I mean, if he's the same player he was the last couple of years, that's a huge boost for the Bruins, right? Like, I mean, there's not really any uh, risk to to bring him back, especially when you look at the money involved. I mean, what one million dollar cap hit ends up being about, I think, five hundred forty five thousand, like in total salary. So, no risk at all for a guy that, if he's back the the way he was, is what top. 10 goalie, maybe top five, like you add him to that mix. And again, as people, you know, people have said the main issue with this Bruins team, even if they're playing well right now, hasn't necessarily been the goaltending, but I think Bruce Cassie kind of summed it up pretty well. I think when he, when Rask first signed that PTO, it's like, they're a top 10 team in goaltending right now. You bring Rask and can be top five. Like you've got an already a strength, this team that can get even better with the guy in Rask who, again, when you factor in his contract, plus the returns you could get from the guy, it makes it a no-brainer to sign him and bring him back into the fold. So, you know, you you look earlier this year, and even when the Bruins were, you know, still doing pretty well, and as the year went on, Swayman and Olmark were finding their game. But look at how many of those, you know, early on games where they're coming up short, 3-2, 2-1, where you needed, like, just that extra say that could have changed the momentum, would have given you maybe at the very least another point in the standings. Having a guy like Rask back in the fold can only help in that regard in terms of, you know, eking out some of these wins, especially once you get to tougher matchups, you know, against, you know, teams that you're going to face down the road in the playoffs. Like you need an extra, you know, spot somewhere across the roster. And if Rask is one of those guys, especially for sign for pennies on the dollar, it's a no brainer. What do you need on the roster? What was that? A spark? A, a, uh, <clears throat> a, a, a spark, Evan. Spark. <laughs> Spark. <laughs> but yes, I agree with you. And this is why I think it, it you know, again, you're getting Rask back for a million dollars, right? He could have not gotten the surgery. Yeah. He could have not gotten the surgery, which has now made him feel great again, right? Like he could have not done this. He could have taken, he could have rested and just said, I'm going to come back. Or he could have uh, not come back. He could, you know, and I think, you know, it, it's funny to me when you get an elite goalie like this who, who put his money where his mouth was, where he all along has said, money does not matter to me. And we, you know, there are even times when I thought maybe it'll be like three million. You know, Two I wouldn't and a blame half, him for like, asking. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Like, like the dude deserves it. But he got a million. 
a million. It's like a, a Detective Crashmore who's like, you know, I do one appearance to get another two mil. <laughs> That's what this is like. Um, but I, I do find it hilarious when people, you know, uh, are, are like, uh, you know, and we'll get into Swayman in a bit, but with Olmark, they'll say, well, if Olmark signed all this money, you know, uh, when's Olmark going to play? Isn't Olmark going to be mad? And I keep thinking to myself, didn't Rask split the net with Halak for the past, like, three years yeah like it's not like rat this is not rask's net it, it hasn't split yeah. <laughs> it hasn't been like a 70 30 split it's been what like 55 60 maybe we'll say 60 40 if that and again yeah, you're getting two most. guys now that are what counting for six million against the cap when what in previous years it was what nine and a half ten million so you're saving money and having rask back who's potentially healthy and olmark who i'm sure we're going to talk about in a minute playing pretty well as as well like You've got a pretty good situation right now. And worst case scenario, if Rask isn't the same player he was, you know, and he he takes a step back, which would be unfortunate for the Bruins, you have another contingency plan in place, right? Like, uh, you know, I, we're going to you know do a deep dive, I think, on Swayman in a minute. But just you look at just the, the low-risk, high-reward, you know, uh, angle of bringing Rask back, I don't see any any risk at all. And especially for a guy that if he's the same player he was, is going to help tremendously, especially with the way the Bruins are playing right now. This was kind of almost like what we thought they should have done with Chara towards the end. Now, granted Chara fell off a cliff, so yes. that's completely different. But I do think when, when, uh, after the 1920 season, we all kind of said, why, you know, with the capitals, it was like one year, $800,000 deal. It was like veterans minimum. Yeah. And we were all like, why wouldn't you do that? Like the money doesn't matter. Just like yeah. have them there. Um, Obviously, the, the the game fell off, and that would have been a guy who you would have said, you know, like he's that's money that we can kind of cross off the books, I guess. But it's not that much. Um, but with Rask, I, I think the the good expectation is he splits the net, puts up similar numbers to years past. You take it. What, what's wrong with that? You know, like that's more way more guaranteed than you would uh, what you would have got with Swayman. Now, again, I, I think the world of Swayman. I think he's great. Uh, when they needed him this year, he was great. But he's a young guy, and we're going to get into that now where, you know, the the big thing with Rask is a lot of people have now realized, well, a million isn't that much. What can we find the issue in here? And it has come down to they're ruining Swayman's development. He's going to he's going to uh, he's going to revolt against Don Sweeney and the Bruins and go crazy and do what Tuka Rask did with milk crates. But like in Sweeney's office, you know, he takes like, you know, a binder full of papers and just like throwing them everywhere and stuff. But you noted this, I think, on Twitter, or you noted this to me and, and Ty. I forget when you said this. Uh, but how many times was Rask brought up between Providence and Boston back in the ten day? Times. Ten times. Ten between times. Between 07 and 09. Yeah. Ten times. So so that's the thing. This isn't going to hurt his development. It might actually help it because he's going down to Providence. So he's going to play consistently. He's not even playing consistently up here. What do you think of this whole Swayman stuff? I mean, like – Again, if you want to like sum it up, yes, it's an unfortunate situation because, you know, Swayman, all things considered, can he work on his game down in Providence? Yes, of course. Will he make the most of his top, you know, his number one reps in Providence? Yes. All things considered, it's still unfortunate for a guy that even as a younger player has shown very good returns. Like I still think he has exceeded, I think everyone's expectations in terms of not really Mm -hmm. having, even though he's had, rebound issues he's had a few tough games it's not like it's been a, a snowballing uh, issue for him up in the NHL like he's going to be a very promising player so it stinks for him right like obviously this is a very unique situation with Rask coming back Olmark uh you know in net as well 
are you going to do about it? But like the notion that sending him down is now going to like torpedo his confidence and he's going to request a trade. Like that sentiment is some soft ass thinking. I think when you like, just look at just the, the grand scheme of things, like, is it unfortunate? Yeah, of course. But one, they've mapped it out, you know, back in October, September, pretty much for these guys. And again, it's one thing to hear that in October and then another thing to actually get sent down to Providence in January. But you like look at, Swayman's whole trajectory right now like how many guys unless you are like the chosen one of a, a prime like net minding prospect how often do you just go right up to the NHL as a true rookie and kind of just stay there like permanently doesn't happen all seems, that much it seems like Spencer Knight's doing that yeah right? that's it's about the it only, and the, the only and even, one pretty much right and that's a, another situation where also like it was forced because Bobrovsky for his first two years was dog shit for Florida too like <laughs> that's also that right like um, you know, Swayman lands up here because also don't forget Rask had like hip surgery. Like he was out for the whole year. And you know, if he was even going to come back. So if you're Swayman, I just look at like you project the road to the NHL that so many of these goalies face. And again, we'll use Rask as, you know, exhibit a like it's 10 times back and forth between Boston and Providence over a two year span finally gets up has a great, you know, I guess, official rookie year, right, in 2010. And then it's a backup for another two years, right? Like, and again, worked out pretty well with Tim Thomas. But all things considered, it's been far from a linear path for a guy that has had a pretty good career, I would say, in Tuka Rask, right? Like, that's not an outlier in terms of these guys kind of zigzagging between the AHL and NHL before settling into role. So if Jeremy Swayman's path over, like, a two-, three-year span is this arduous path of, nine games in Providence before starting 10 games as a true rookie, uh, starting the year, getting opening night and like 20 plus <laughs> games in Boston, his second year, and then getting two, three months of Providence, not also factoring in that he's probably going to get another game or two up here. I'd imagine be it through the schedule injuries, rest, anything like that. Like, I don't think he's going to just be banished down to Providence for the rest of the year. So those are his first two seasons as a pro. Pretty good. And who knows what happens next year, right? Like, Duke Raz very well may not be back. This could very well be like a farewell. You know, he hasn't said about what his future is, but I mean, comes back, rides it out with his, you know, usual, you know, crew of teammates for one more year. Could happen. Like, we very well could be in a situation where a Swayman, you know, three years into his pro career now is given the full time role with Olmark going forward, which considering what we've seen from Swayman and his promise, plus with Olmark, what we've seen from a guy that's what, seven and one since December, nine twenty six A percentage. It's a good situation. Like as complicated as it is, and I think we've talked about this multiple times that the Bruins goaltending is, you know, you feel like Charlie from Always Sunny with like the big like uh you know billboard. <laughs> that's board. how it is. Yeah. <laughs> that's how it feels when you're mapping it out. But I think the more you process it and just, you know, look at Swayman's development, his progression. I'm sure he would have loved to be up in the NHL. Like, no shit. Which which rookie wouldn't want to, like, stay up there permanently and only play nine games in Providence, of course. But when you look at just the situation you have now, where you have Rask back for cheap, Allmark's finding, you know, his game and is playing very well, and Swayman still gets a lot of NHL reps and, at the worst case, spends another month or two in Providence when plenty of other talented goalies have spent much longer in the minors. It seems like a win-win, right? Yeah, and again, goaltenders' paths, as you said, to the NHL are wild. I mean, look at Tim Thomas. Like, Thomas had the wildest path to the NHL. Dude wasn't in his prime until he was, like, mid to late 30s. So, again, I just – I think people, you know, I think people kind of want to find an issue with this. And I get it, right? Like, 
it's tough to tell a kid, hey, you're going back down to Providence, right? Like the, the idea of that losing, like he didn't lose his job really because he's the only one who could go down. Yes. Um, but I, yeah, I mean, it, it does kind of suck for him. But I think long term, he's the guy. And Sweeney said that, like, that's the dude. That's the guy going forward. It doesn't have to be now, right? You're, you have Olmark signed. You have Rask, uh, for this year, which again, I feel like he's on a Bergeron type deal where it's like, go year to year. You know, we'll see what happens at the end of the year with Rask. Wouldn't be surprised if Bergeron left, if, if Rask left too, just cause like, it'd be like, oh, I, I, no I farewell know. tour. Yeah. They can, they can do like what, uh, JS, I don't know if you remember this. When Timu Solani had his final game in Anaheim, he went around the ice cause JS Shiger was the goalie for the abs and they like held hands up in the air. Maybe they, maybe they'll do that around the garden ice, you know. That'd be beautiful. Be romantic. I'm sure, I'm sure, I'm sure a lot of Bruins fans would be freaking out if that actually happened, but <laughs> I feel like Bruins fans when that day finally comes, it's not going to be like, down the road, it'll be all like sentimental, you know, watching like the highlights. But in the moment, everyone would be like, "We're so fucked!" Like it, that's like all of the main reaction. It's like the actually... chef Boyer, we fucked meme. That's, yes. that's what it's gonna be like. Yes, exactly. Uh, people are gonna be chucking themselves out of the balcony. Uh, anyways, you know what will not have you sad or or uh, or uh, depressed about things? Our good friends over at Pet Online. <laughs> Absolutely, <Evan>. whoa! <laughs> Listen up, guys. Bet Online would like to wish you a happy new betting year as we continue our march to the playoffs and beyond. Bet Online remains the number one spot for all the best sports wagering action for 2022. It's a new year and a new updated desktop and mobile website is here. So sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Just use our promo code CLNS50 to get started. From football, basketball, hockey, boxing, and UFC, right to your favorite Vegas casino games. Don't wait to take advantage of all the amazing offers available in 2022. Bet online is the fastest and easiest way to wager on all your favorite sports. Bet online where the game starts. Where the game starts. Anyways, uh, speaking of games starting, one game is starting big for the fourth line right now, and that is the fourth line of, of Nosek, Bleed, and uh, Curtis Lazar. Curtis Lazar, I mentioned this to you last night uh, on the Bruins Rinks, I think, has six points in his, since the beginning of January. Dude's just like low-key putting up numbers. Just, snag, um, just snagging Erho Vakanainen's goal, too, which is really unfortunate. <laughs> like, it's, it's so cruel the NHL just can completely change it because you know like if it was up to Lazar, he would clearly give it to the rookie for his first career goal. But no, yeah. sorry, sorry Erho. <laughs> see you buddy well yeah. pete blackburn tweeted something like uh, when he first scored he was like oh we'll st- we're still waiting for uh erho to score his first goal against a real nhl team um but, uh, zing. Yeah, that, lost in the shuffle that montreal team is butt that's a, that's oh. a bad holy crap <laughs> Shitty holy team. crap and that goes deeper than just like missing price uh and shea weber that's like where i mean they've got a, real issues that's a bootleg squad and what's funny is that is a team that in in our in my lifetime, so twenty two years, has never ever invested in a center, like they have never had depth down the middle. I find that hilarious because they're every you can go to every Stanley Cup winning team, almost all of them had at least a legit number one center. A lot had a also very legit number two center, right? They don't have a number. I mean, who was the best center in our lifetime with them? Saku Koivu. It might be like. Like that would be the best. That's that's the one. And they didn't they boot him out of there too. There was yeah, something terrible with him. Yeah. No. They the fact. I mean, what is Shane Wright's a uh, center, right? So we'll see what happens yeah. there. 
Maybe that's the guy. Because they also make Suzuki. It's going to be like the the eighty five NBA draft where they say like the NBA rigged it so the Knicks would get Patrick <laughs> Ewing. It's like oh Shane or oh whoops. That's what's going to happen. Montreal. Yeah, yeah, I can't wait. Montreal. Yeah, that'll be fun. They'll be in a terrible situation because I think Suzuki could be a legit second line center someday. Oh yeah. Um, someone just drove down our driveway. A big like van. Maybe I'm getting killed. Mon- the Mon- Montreal police. They're responding to the 2011 call with Chara. Um, yes. But anyways, fourth line is doing great. Feels like the fourth line started to take shape, which again, when you want to make a real playoff push, you need that legitimate fourth line. And that was kind of the goal because the fourth line of Corrali, Wagner, and rotating cast on the left side, Nordstrom, Achari, whomever, kind of dried up a bit. Uh, now it feels like a new fourth line is time to take in shape. Yeah, absolutely. Um, you know, I think probably the biggest surprise has to be bleed, right? Like you knew Lazar was going to be in the mix. No sec. Pretty much you were going to pencil him in at four C barring any other, you know, major steps forward from a guy like Frederick, what have you. But for bleed to be, you know, I think over the years, bleed has been as advertised in terms of a North South guy, physical, you know what you're going to get. But in terms of offense production, you know, he's a guy who, like the stat line at the end of the year up in the NHL was like 21 games, like one goal, three assists. You're like, all right, like that, that's about right. The fact that now he's got what eight points in 16 games, and like he's he's making the most of his opportunities there. So, um, you know, we kind of touched on this last night after the the Bruins went over Montreal, but when Frederick comes back, like where exactly does he kind of slot into the mix? You know, who knows maybe what happens with DeBrus, but in terms of just that fourth line. You know, are you moving bleed out of the lineup? Cause he's playing well and he's, you know, finishing chances. He's active on the four check. He's getting pucks into great ice where you've got guys like Lazar crashing the net. Uh, you know, no six, a uh, skilled playmaker. Like you've got pieces in place there that, um, are all contributing. It's not like they're again, reinventing the wheel or doing anything different. It's all just, you know, hard four check net front presence, all those things. And, you know, finally, I think as we've seen across the lineup, you also just have puck luck going the Bruins way. They're getting pucks on net goals that were maybe stopped or clanged off a crossbar or what have you are now sailing in at a crazy pace, which is, you know, again, regressing, you know, back to the mean for this team. But um, when you look at that fourth line though, if they can start building some semblance of consistency there and, you know, multiple guys have stepped up, but if, you know, bleed, no sick and Lazar are playing like this, I don't see how you're, moving them out of the lineup right now, because as much as people maybe talk about a guy like Oscar Steen, who's been very good on that third line, bleed has been right up there in terms of a surprise. Like if you told me he was on pace for like over a 82 game span of like 40 points. No, no, I would say you're crazy. And again, I don't think he's going to do that, but like if he becomes like, it's kind of what we talked about with Frederick in terms of setting expectations for him. Like, you're not looking for him to be like a 30 point guy at this point. Like you would take it if he's in the lineup, but if he just gives you 18 to 22 points a, a season while playing that physical game, you'd be more than happy for what he'd bring on that fourth line. And right now bleeds kind of the guy doing it. So you have to be really happy with how that fourth line's gelling right now with so many moving pots, especially this will blow people's minds. Cause I didn't realize this. Do you know how long Anton bleed has been around for? He's been here since 2016, 17. He's like, he's like, gonna be, he's gonna be like 27 in like two months. Yep, he's 26 right now. That dude is around forever. And it's, cause again, I mean, 2017, 18, he played a game. 18, 19, played one game. 19, 20, played seven. Last year, played 10. So he's starting to find his rhythm, but he's been around for like low key ever. <laughs> and he played 19 games in 16, 17. That lineup though, obviously was spread pretty thin. It's funny, you mentioned the bounces. 
And uh, I uh, I have a group chat of friends who are all very negative on the Bruins. And someone said, you know, the Bruins haven't lost since like the beginning of January. And one of them goes, well, they're just getting a lot of bounces. And I'm like, well, yeah, that's, that's hockey. Works. That's isn't that wild. Like they didn't get a lot of bounces before and they were losing. And now they're winning and they're getting a lot of bounces. It's funny how that kind of works. Everything yeah. kind of evens out. It's wild. Yeah, it's I, kind of part of the formula. And that wild, I just no idea. You know, it's kind of new information to me, I guess. Um, but yes, fourth line starting to work. And I think the bottom six as a whole is kind of coming together. Coyle and Steen seem to work together well. The left side's kind of up in the air because you know DeBrusque is getting dealt at some point. Felino, we still don't really know what his deal is. Has that been, that hasn't been talked about yet, right? I yeah, mean, no, so, a little. so Cassidy said that, uh, you know, they think it's more of a short, short term thing than a long term oh, thing wow. that, um, he will be out this whole week, but they said like could be up in the air that he might be available next week. So, uh, I mean, when that first happened, you thought, what, like ACL, broken oh, ankle, something like that. So the fact that I, you know, Cassidy mentioned on Wednesday that Felino skated earlier that morning, um, was walking on it. So not this week, but the fact that he's even, if you told me he'd be available in like February, I'd view that as a victory in terms of just having him back out there. So the fact that he could be around by, um, by next week, you know, at the earliest, good news for the Bruins. Yeah, that's definitely not a bad thing. Uh, still though, even with Felino back, feels like they're missing a piece or two, right? Like the feeling of, even though Eric Hollow was just getting mad at everybody on, uh, Wednesday night. I mean, he granted he got headbutted. How dare he get headbutted? Yeah. How dare he get irate? <laughs> pretty good. Be pretty pissed too. Um, still feels like they need a second line center and they need to shore up. I think uh, something on defense because again, John Moore feels like could be out a little while. We're kind of getting a sense that might be a concussion, yeah. just given uh, I, someone tweeted it the video um, of his head that kind of slamming against the glass yeah. from that, that dude Pizzetta. Um, bootleg Eichel. Yeah, so someone named Pizzetta. Um, but still, feels like they're going to have to add a defenseman and a second line center. Where would you put the most assets? Would you put the most assets into a second line center? Or would you, or would in you know on the side get like a depth defenseman, or would you do the reverse and try to go for a top four defenseman and then get a depth forward? Yeah, I mean it's tough. I would say probably in terms of because they don't have the assets for both. Yeah, exactly. You can't get like you know Hurdle and like you know Chuchurin or one of those guys, right? Like (laughs) oh, easily. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, of course. I don't don't think even on like NHL like be a GM mode, you could do that, but. I feel like in terms of like, you know, killing two birds with one stone, the best route is like putting most of your assets in to get like a two C and then like getting a depth guy on defense, just cause, you know, I think they do need a body out there on defense, but you know, you look at where they're going to be in, you know, rougher shape when you get to the playoffs. Like I, I think the big takeaway from this, you know, current win streak, and it's great they're getting on a roll and they're playing well, but you hope that doesn't just like mask like the underlying issues as well. Like, I think Eric Hall has been very good at 2C, especially with Hall and Pasternak. It's worked out, you know, their styles of play work out great, but just because, like, they're fitting right now doesn't mean that it's like, all right, well, we don't need to, yeah, Thomas Hurdle, go to Toronto or have Florida pick him up or something like that. Like, you don't want to, like, then just put your foot off the gas just because it's working right now. And, um, you know, I, I think if you add another 2C, it just makes your lineup that much, you know, more effective in terms of just the trickle-down effect there, especially if, you know, it's a, a hurdle or a Miller or what have you with Hall and Pazar. I mean, you put even like a guy who's a tier below those guys with those two and you're going to do pretty well. So, um, 
I also think when you factor in just, you know, the amount of guys you could acquire that could fit in at 2C, whether it's like Hurdle, you know, JT Miller, those guys. Whereas for defense, it's like, all right, well, I don't know if Hampus Lindholm's getting moved now with Anaheim where they're kind of building something right now and he's still like 27, 28. Um, you know, obviously guys like Ekholm signed, you know, long-term deal. So he's off the board and Nashville's red hot. Um, and again, like, I just don't know if you have the assets to like win the, the chicken, like sweepstakes, right? Like you, for what that guy is signed to for his age, I just don't think you have the, the means to, you know, beat, I don't know, the Kings or the, the Ducks or something like that. Like, I just don't think you are even able to get in that, that table to, to get a guy like that. So my get, my hunch would be they still have to look at upgrading a 2C and then adding, a depth piece kind of further down the lineup on defense just to shore it up. But again, a lot can change between now and then. Like, uh, you still have to just be like, you know, pragmatic with the fact that even though the team's rolling right now, you still are, I think, another piece or two away from being viewed as like a legit contender. Like they're, they're cruising right now. You should be excited about the way they're playing. Everything seems to be falling into place, but still need something that gets you over the top, especially if you want to make some noise in the playoffs. Yeah, because this could still be a streak. Your secondary scoring could completely dry up over the next 10 games, even. Um, you know who's the one t- 2C, potentially, that you didn't mention? And I don't I don't know if he's really on the block, but his name kind of get, gets tossed around from time to time. He'll, he, he was here, technically, last night. Claude Giroux. Interesting interesting case, right? He's a, he's a uh, free agent after this year. Currently carries a cap hit of $8.275 million, which is not exactly... Fun to deal with. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's interesting. The Flyers are a weird team because we talked about yeah. the Canadians over our lifetime. It feels like the Flyers have con- have always had a good roster the past 10 to 15 years, and they have consistently underachieved. The one year they overachieved, they went to the Cup, and that no one expected that. But ever since, like, they've had good lineups. And, I mean, obviously in net they, they had issues. But, like, you know, the fact that Giroux and Voracek and um, Couturier. Yeah. Haven't found a way to in Atkinson now to well Atkinson doesn't really count because he's just this year but like they haven't found a way to get to that next level is interesting and I do wonder if Giroux would be a guy because I I mean he has 29 points in 32 games this year he's not coming cheap that is going to cost money um, I don't know that's an interesting one because you know you would get production oh, I mean, yeah. imagine a line of Hall Giroux Pasternak like <laughs> be absurd yeah not bad. But you'd have to think a first round pick would be in there, and you make most the money likely. work. That's oh, that's I think, right. I think I think the biggest hurdle for that is just money. That's why like even hurdle would be a challenge. That's why like honestly, JT Miller, you probably have to give up more because he's under contract, but he's what five two five. Like, yeah. but again, who knows? Like, they also need Vancouver to start slowing down. Like, I still don't think that team's making the playoffs because they dug themselves such a, a big hole. But still, you need to have them. The optics aren't great if they're, you know, winning. 14 of 16 and then they they finally blow things up because they were so bad and were so inactive to start the year so we'll see what happens between them or the flyers where flyers who think they would just blow it all up but also they're in that weird awful stretch for optics wise where it's like all right we probably should have blown it up last year and then chuck fletcher like dug themselves a bigger hole by like trading for ristolainen and getting all these guys and overhauling <laughs> the hilarious. roster and it just it just wasted a complete year of this team when they could have actually started that rebuild. So, um, you know, we'll see what happens. It's kind of the same with like 
waiting out this DeBrusque trade of like the Bruins don't have a lot of leverage anyway. Might as well wait for teams to get desperate, whether it's the Flyers who have to feel the pressure to blow it up, whether it's Vancouver, whether it's Edmonton, who is now, you know, might be signing like a Vander Kane uh, and dealing with those optics that are so trash otherwise. Like, you know, you got so many other teams that are feeling the pressure that's only going to ramp up as we get closer to the deadline, which is still months away. So, um, yeah. So it's going to be interesting to see how it all, you know, pans out because there's plenty of teams that are either, you know, uh, playing well right now that could, you know, take a step back or teams that are already set on a rebuild. So there's going to be a lot of guys out there just about, you know, what the price is and how the Bruins can make it work. Yeah. I mean, Philly's lost five in a row. So I yeah, just, I don't great. know if, I, again, like you're right about the, the, them setting themselves back. It is funny what teams will do to try to go for it. They think, oh, if we spend more, if we get these more established NHL players, it's like, no. It all comes back to drafting and development, which would have been important for this Philly team, but didn't really uh, didn't really take shape. But anyways, that is today's episode of Poke the Bear. Uh, Connor, what can the people look forward to over at BSJ? Yeah, of course, we will uh, be covering all things related to the guy in net for the Bruins uh, that played on Thursday, looking at that situation in net of how it maps out going forward, maybe what the future holds for that uh, goalie core. Uh, and then again, it's a hectic kind of stretch going through the next, you know, week plus now. And I feel like that's going to be the case for the rest of the season. So we'll have all, uh, latest updates, game reports, all that good stuff for a BSJ over the next couple of weeks. So subscribe at bostonsportsjournal.com. Want to follow me on Twitter? You can do that at Connor Ryan underscore 93. And? And on TikTok at yes. by Connor Ryan with one there N. There you go. One N. One N. There you go. Perfect. All right. That is this episode of Hook the Bear. That's Connor Ryan. I'm Evan Marinovsky. Book the Bear listeners. Have a great rest of your day.